And today our gospel reading is very long, so we're going to let you all sit. <laughs> so, so the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the, four, the fourth chapter. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Many Samaritans from that city 
believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So today, in our Lenten season's theme of vocation, we are thinking about call, and specifically what it means to be called by God. Now, some of you may know this, but we're still new to the community. Um, and my husband, Dan, he is a groundwater specialist. So some of you might know that, but now you do if you didn't before. And when he and I first met five years ago, and I learned not only that there was a thing called hydrogeology, but that he had studied it, <laughs> little did I know that someday that area of study would come in handy for writing a sermon. Today, our gospel story tells us about an interaction between Jesus and an unnamed woman at Jacob's well. Their conversation is filled with questions. There's moments of recognition, moments of wonder, and from the beginning, water plays a significant part in the storytelling. So for this sermon, I spent a little time talking to the water specialist that I live with. Because as Christians, water is a center part of our story and our life as baptized people. But we only need to spend a tiny amount of time looking at what science teaches us to see that water is also the center point of all life, literally as well. Physically and spiritually, water is essential to our lives. As I've grown and learned and experienced my own life, I am in awe of the ways that God has created our world to function and also to teach us. I grew up in a community where science and God were often pitted against one another. But throughout the years, I find it so much more inspiring to see all that science can teach us as just more of a reason to stand in awe of our awesome God. These two pieces of our existence, physical and spiritual, they coexist and intertwine to give us glimpses of God every single day. And so today, with so many options of how to approach this story of this woman and Jesus, we are going to take a science lesson together. Because in God's wisdom, there is something here that can help us piece together our unfinished lives and see how our God and the living water of Jesus go together. We can see how Jesus' living water sustains us and calls us. My disclaimer before I go any further 
is that I am a pastor and not a scientist. So I ask your grace and promise to fact check what comes out of my mouth and adjust if necessary in the days to come. I already did one test with my husband last night, but just in case I say something wrong. As Jesus and the woman at the well begin to interact in today's story, Jesus pretty quickly tells this woman that he can offer her living water. Jesus promises and explains that this living water will quench all thirst for the person who receives it. It will become in them a spring of water gushing forth up to eternal life. This is where my imagination got caught this week, that Jesus' living water will become in them, in you, a spring that is gushing up to eternal life. This gave me an image to, to latch onto. The language is so evocative. It's a, sp a spring gushing forth. This living water is filled with energy. It sounds like a life force. It's full of movement. And so at this point, I brought Dan along with me into my imaginings because I wanted to know if the science behind water backed up this poetic meaning that was floating around in my mind. And so I shared with him the gospel story and started explaining how I was thinking about how, how a spring works could align with how God calls, enlightens, sanctifies, and keeps us in faith. And the great thing is, is I wasn't wrong. There is something here. Because yes, just as Jesus is a source of life and living water for us, a spring is an energetic source of water from below ground into our plane of living. So this is where we're going on our first science lesson. Water functions in a cyclical manner. A water droplet travels through phases in its existence. It can be ice, it can be snow, it can be snow, it can be gas, it can be liquid. But it is always a part of the greater cycle of water on the planet. Precipitation, like rain or snow, fall to the earth, and that water droplet begins its goal of making it to the ocean. At some point, that same water will evaporate. It will return to the atmosphere, and the cycle begins again. For the sake of our time together today, we want to think about how this water functions while it's on or in the ground. When water is traveling through the earth, there is water that we see, like that that's in lakes or rivers or streams, but we also know that there's water underground, like the well in today's story, or the one that you use at home. <laughs> a well is a tool that can be used to access water that is naturally stored beneath Earth's surface. This way of accessing water is functional. You can pick the place, usually, where you can access that water, but it involves a lot of work and effort. You either have to dig that well, or now sometimes drills are used to drill wells to find the water. And then there's effort involved in getting that water whenever you need it, by pumping it again, as we do now, 
or in like in the story of this woman today by using a bucket a spring on the other hand that exists when that groundwater breaks through the earth's surface on its own a spring does not require human intervention it instead exists naturally in our context in Minnesota, most often we see them if you're ever traveling on, along the North Shore on the cliffs when there's water seemingly just coming out of a cliff. Um, that is a spring of water where the groundwater has broken through. Its energy comes from factors in its environment where the groundwater in relation to the Earth's surface and its ultimate goal as water to reach the ocean come together. Accessing water from a spring is much easier than the work involved than in finding the same water from a well. So now we go back to what Jesus tells us. Jesus says that unlike the well water that must be accessed by effort and will eventually leave you thirsty, he gives us living water that will become in you like a spring of water gushing forth to eternal life. This water that Jesus promises and provides comes easily. It can show up in unexpected places. It naturally pushes toward the goal that it was created for. So here is where I want us to consider vocation and calling. We each are given a task that matches with the gifts that we have and fits the need that God has in God's world. For those of you who have begun or maybe you've been confident in what your vocation is in your life, you recognize, you might consider how it feels. When your life is aligned with God's call for you, Work doesn't always feel like work. Energy is more quickly replenished after challenges. Your, your fulfillment or passion gives you the drive to live out the purpose that God created you for. Like a spring gushing forth, your call backs you up. It provides resilience amidst the twists and turns of everyday life. There's a lot that we can learn from water today. As water fulfills its goal of, on earth of moving toward the ocean, it might meet with, with obstacles or interventions. It changes forms depending on its environment. It has times of rest in ponds or lakes. Sometimes that droplet gets redirected into the water cycle before ever fulfilling its goal of reaching the ocean. And this is just like what life is like as a follower of Jesus. Even when you are living in God's call for you, you aren't guaranteed a conflict-free journey. As you listen to God's direction or for God's direction in your life, you will meet with obstacles you will be changed in the process. You might have seasons of rest 
spore of questioning. You may get redirected, but you always exist within God's purpose for you. In today's gospel story, Jesus promises living water to a woman who has labored for her daily water her whole life. Bringing her jar to Jacob's well, she's there to retrieve whatever she can get in order to survive. Her position in the world is insecure as a single divorced woman, and it takes her time, as you can see in the story, to build trust. She and Jesus engage in a back and forth, and I imagine she's wondering, can this man really be who he says he is? This woman asks questions of Jesus, and Jesus asks questions of her, and this relationship they build transforms into a calling. When this woman, when Jesus reveals himself to her as the Messiah, something clicks. And the living water that he promises springs forth within her, and she steps within to her calling. She's called to share this news. Sustained by Jesus' living water, she leaves behind that jar that she had been using. She doesn't need it anymore. Your life with God can be like that too. You can leave behind that which is, which is tying you to the lie that you are somehow in control of your life. The lie that with just enough effort, organization, or money, you can achieve all that you want and avoid any pain or challenge. You're invited into the living water life. You are invited to this life that will change you and provide you a freedom that nothing in the world will ever be able to give. In a living water life, you can find purpose. You receive grace, forgiveness, and love. In a living water life, you are sustained like that spring gushing forth by your relationship with Jesus. This life and this water is for you wherever God calls you. This is God's story and our story. Amen.